Hi, I hope things are going well for all of you whenever you tune in today or tonight. Thanks for tuning in and get ready to listen to what I find kind of a heavy message as if last week's wasn't, if you tuned in to listen last week about dealing with anger. This one is dealing with resentment. They are related, but they're not the same, at least not in my lexicon. And I'll explain that early on in the, in the sermon. I just was drawn to this topic um, because it's something that I have dealt with and I know other people deal with, and I know that it's an important topic. Um, hanging on to our resentments are um, not good for spiritual growth. And one of the things I try to do as the pastor of St. Peter's is point people in the direction or give people resources for their own spiritual growth and the spiritual growth of our congregation. So dealing with anger, dealing with difficult people, and dealing with resentment are the past handful of sermons. With that as the real goal, that it, these will help us all, including the ones who's preaching, I preach to myself too, um, for spiritual maturity and growth and dealing with these things that are just part of human life, part of having a temper, part of having a memory, part of being sensitive. Um, so that's all I'm going to share with you right now. Um, it'll just unfold. I have a, a few quotes from some individuals, some resources, as I usually do. I start out with a, a personal remembrance of a resentment I had, and it just goes on from kind of taking the ideas of resentment apart. You know, what is it? What's a resentment? Why do we get angry? Um, what does it do to us? And throughout, these are kind of the steps of the message. And uh, Annie Norse is our lector. She's also one of the head honchos of our recently finished rummage and bake sale. There is like one more step to take at our end in terms of cleanup. So I'm going to pause for a brief prayer before we turn our attention and time over to the reading of the scriptures. Merciful and gracious God, you are more willing to forgive than we are to confess. And so we ask your spirit, which forgives, to be with us as we contemplate what we hear, if it speaks to us. God of history, we ask that you speak to us of your ways to deal with the less pleasant parts of our history. We ask that you use this time, great and merciful God, to show us ways out of the prisons where resentments can place us and lock us. These things we humbly ask for in the name of Jesus Christ, who sets us free. Amen. I'll see you on the other side. That is in the outro. Our first reading is from the first book in the Bible, Genesis. In the Bible, the book of Genesis. We'll hear chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. Now the man named his wife Eve, 
And she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a tiller of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel, for his part, brought of the first things of his flock their fat portions. And God had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer of the earth. This ends the reading from Genesis. We turn to the book of James for the epistle lesson this morning. Just three powerful verses, 19 through 21, found in chapter 1. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness, and welcome with meekness the implanted work that has the power to save your souls. This ends the reading from James. Will those who are able please rise for the reading of the Gospel? Today, we have the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 9, verses 46 through 62. We begin with the disciples and Jesus. An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, aware of their inner thoughts, took a little child and put it by his side and said to them, Whoever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For the least among all of you is the greatest. John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. We tried to stop him, because he does not follow you. But Jesus said to him, Do not stop him, for whoever is not against you is for you. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the, of, <clears throat> excuse me, a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him, because his face was set towards Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, 
and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Here in this reading of the gospel and the scriptures for this morning's service, thanks be to God for this, the word of God for the people. Dealing with resentment. The first resentment that comes to mind when I think of my own past resentments was Mrs. Niebel. Mrs. Niebel was my 10th grade English teacher. She was going on about gerunds, or something I figured I'd never need to remember. So I started whispering to another classmate, and she caught me. She stopped teaching and made my transgression the center of the class's attention. I was embarrassed, humiliated even. I was so mad at her, and I did not let go of my anger. It became a resentment that, as the prayer of confession indicates, I enjoyed hanging on to. No one humiliates me in public. Only when I became a Christian and was introduced to the need for us to forgive did I start working on forgiving her. Of course, that included my own realization that I was the one to blame, not Mrs. Neville. Well, what is resentment or resentments? Personally, I think it is anger having fermented into a grudge that is nursed, or at least held on to. It is anger having hardened and simmered over time. YouTuber and author Teal Swan says, resentment is one of the strongest emotions that anchor us to the past, and its bond can get stronger the longer we hold on to it. So it's critical to face resentment directly and to create resolve. I believe she meant to resolve to find a resolution. Resentment, she said, is a state of being rather than an emotion itself. It instantly converts itself into distrust. Another resource claims that from resentments stem all forms of spiritual disease and that you and I can have resentments with people, institutions, and principles. How many people resent the church or a branch of it? How many people resent principles like accountability or discipline? Why are we angry in a way that sticks around, unlike an angry blow-up from which we cool down and hopefully make up or communicate? Why are we angry in such a way resentment evolves? We thought we were treated unjustly, or a loved one was. We did not receive what we thought we'd earned, not what we expected. Registered clinical counselor Julia Christina says, we get angry and resentments are created when we have expectations that are unfulfilled Expectations we may not even know we have until we dialogue with our resentment. 
If you have an expectation of someone in the family, say, to do this or not do that, but you're not even aware you have that expectation, let alone the family member know about it, and they do not come through, you can find anger morphing into resentment, something you won't forget. No, no. Didn't they know that you would want to watch the Bears game on Thanksgiving, yet in the way they hosted, it was not possible without your being really rude? To give a mild example. People abuse power, influence, and position for their own ends at your or our expense, and you'll likely be angry or resentful. He, she, or they did not fulfill your expectations of honesty and integrity. This can happen in very personal and painful ways. I acknowledge that. Why are we angry? Another source asking, asks pertaining to resentments. I'll quote, in most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambitions, our personal relationships were hurt or threatened. So we were sore. We were burned up. Well, now that you and I have listed some ideas of what resentment is and why some of our angers fester into resentments, do we know what resentment can do to us? First of all, uh, some resentments are helpful, at least for a while, as a defense mechanism, a wall of protection against that same person or institution hurting us again. I would suggest, though, that this can still end up being unhealthy inside, and it's worth trying to take the anger out of that while keeping yourself on guard. So you could say there are times resentments can be of service. Last week I preached on anger, and I referred to stuffing your anger inside instead of finding a healthy way to express it or control it. When anger and or resentment is internalized, it can have adverse effects on our health in terms of blood pressure, perhaps depression. One way to view depression is uh, repressed anger, end up with a heart attack, and more. This is more likely to happen if we actively revisit our resentments. And in some situations, we may can be confronted with it daily. She's not going away. You still have to work there, and so on. Being aware of how it can hurt us, let's also look at some biblical teaching. I chose Genesis for a couple of reasons. It's a rich passage. And one is that Cain's anger, turned into resentment, ended up in violence. He murdered his brother Abel. He resented that God had refused his own offering, but that God accepted Abel's. What's up with that? What's up with my brother and his offering? Some say that he killed him out of jealousy. I think if God told you that your offering was not worthy, how are you going to feel? Now, the Lord did warn Cain about sin lurking at the door to capture him, which it did, but God said, you must master it. Look, you got, there could be trouble. Be careful. So God was not without compassion. It was like, okay, 
But all the same, to be Cain was probably devastating. Some folks cannot handle disappointment or blame. And so they focus their emotions not on the one with whom they are angry. In this case, maybe Cain was angry with God because that's too stressful. I can't be angry with God. That's too much to handle. So I will somehow bring in a third party. And the anger can be deflected towards them. That's called triangulation. I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, too. And maybe that's why Cain was so resented at Abel's success that he killed him. At any rate, resentment led to violence. Resentment led to violence. He killed his only brother. You could say without too much thinking very deeply that resentment and anger are also behind the horrific slaughter by Hamas and the state of war response by Netanyahu upon the Palestinian people who are not Hamas, but the first target is Hamas. Violence was also the possible result of the resentment shown to Jesus in Luke, when the brothers of Zebedee did a recon of Samaria for a quicker trip south. If you cut through Samaria, you don't have to go across the Jordan and then travel back west. You can go straight through. And they came upon a village of Samaria and they said, no, Jesus can't stay here. Now, first of all, most Samaritans then hated the Jews, and the feeling was reciprocated. For Samaritans, so that's already in John and James. For Samaritans then to refuse hospitality, Middle Eastern value, for them to refuse hospitality to Jesus and the disciples, closing off their express route, well, that jumped on top of the resentment that was already there. And they asked, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Rather than embracing their resentment and its destination, violence, Jesus rebuked them, and they journeyed on. What can resentment do to us? It can spoil good relationships that hit a bump or a big hole. A bump or a hole that, if taken on constructively or early, could have been flattened or filled in with understanding and mercy. Resentments can keep the better angels of our nature locked up or weakened if we are afraid of being taken advantage of or hurt again. Resentments can become like a barnacle on the hull of our spirits. Resentments even can find us breaking the first commandment by worshiping our pain more than our God. They can justify our refusal to reach out, if possible, to make peace or reach an understanding, thereby, one hopes, resolving the resentment and liberating you from its hold, or liberating me from its hold. For the most part, resentments do not do us any favors. They hurt us, not the others whom we resent, especially not if those we resent are institutions or principles. So how do you and I as people of faith try to deal with our resentments? Well, James tells you and me to do the work to get rid of these resentments and other dynamics that get in the way of our closeness to God. And resentments do get in the way of our relationship with God. We may not feel it, but I believe it is, I believe that that's what happens. 
After giving words that prevent, can help us prevent resentments or even anger from happening, James said, you must understand this. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Then he wrote, therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your soul. Now, my study Bible says the sense of rid yourselves is the same as strip off the dirty clothing. Strip off the dirty clothing of a growth of wickedness. Resentment can lead to violence and suck at our spirits, so let us do what we can to get rid of those resentments. That's part of this work I just mentioned. They can grow if they stay and attract others if nursing grudges becomes just a part of who we become. Come on, join the party. I'm very angry, and I'm resentful of a lot. So this means in dealing with, like in dealing with anger, you and I do have to do some self-work. What are our dirty clothes? Which leads, we ask ourselves a question. So let's become as conscious as we can be of what or whom it is we resent. It goes back to why are we angry? But God was, Cain was probably angry at God, but he took it out on Cain. He resented Cain, as it turns out. At least that's where the violence went. So let's be completely conscious of what or whom it is we resent. Why are we angry? As I read earlier, often it's about our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambitions, our personal relationships that are hurt or threatened, and maybe we can get pretty specific about those, and maybe it's something or someone else, leading us to grudges that we keep inside, ready to be pulled out when triggered, as, as they are triggered. And one way to do that simply, make a list. Make a list of your current resentments from the past, and maybe one that's within us, or within you, or I right now. And now let's remember what Jesus said in Luke 9. Don't let the ego in. Don't fight over who is the greatest. And if you do, remember, he or she is among the children. Those who receive Jesus humbly, those who serve. Check our own egos as we write this list of what our current resentments are and evaluate them. Would that Cain had done that. What is just, if not more important, as we look at these things we've written down and the Bible, is what Jesus said to end the Gospel reading. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Whoa. If our resentments grounded in past events are where our heart is, where our energy goes, and something we want to drag from the past we want to bring it into our future, then maybe we are not fit. We're not yet ready to put our hand to the plow of the kingdom of God. Now, having, we, I believe we can bring, we're humans. We bring these, perhaps starting out, and we put our hands to the plow. We still have stuff from the past, but as we go forward, we are to lose them. Resentments are not what you and I are to bring with us as we hit the plow forward to serve God and our fellow humans. Do what we can to 
take them off like dirty clothes to leave them behind and let them go. Doing the self-reflection, writing the list, clarifies what it is God is calling us to delete from our files and then delete from our trash bin or our recycle bin. Self-work helps us to do that. And here's something else our self-work does, is try to find if you or I have any role to play in the anger that began the resentment and preserved it. Mrs. Nebel and I, I resented her for years, but I was the one who had done the wrong. Julia Christina, whom I quoted earlier, she tells the story of a long five-hour car trip that the family took after a nice lakefront vacation. They were going home, and to let her husband focus on the twisty, turny roads back home, she kept their three youngsters entertained and monitored for the better part of those five hours. And upon putting the car in park, returning home, she thanked him for driving. He said, you're welcome. She then got angry within herself that he did not thank her in return. And so she began to question her value in his eyes. Did he still love her? Was something else wrong? Did he not appreciate what she did or appreciate her? Resentment began to be created. But she reflected while he put stuff away from the trunk and all of that, that what was going on was her own expectation of a thanks that went unfulfilled. She asked herself, what is it in me that so badly wants validation from him? Am I not in charge of my own expectations? Am I not actually working myself for something that's not really his fault? Am I part of the reason I resent him? Could you or I actually hold some blame for why we got angry and resented someone else, but could not see that for whatever reason? Writing it down can help us with that. How many times has a friend or a relative observed a resentment growing and told us that objectively we did not realize what we had been saying or doing that in actuality hurt the other person first? Then they got mad when we hurt them. We get mad when they hurt us not knowing why they lashed out and hurt us in the first, because we don't realize that what we did first precipitated what they said, which got us going in anger and resentment. Do we share some of the blame for what went down, which now maybe we can see? Well, that changes the playing field. It really helps us release resentment. And we need not slip into self-blame as a new prison, however. That's not the answer. But it's objectivity, stepping away from our emotions. What happened and why? But when we see maybe we did have something to, some role to play, it can help us release resentment against that person, principle, or institution. And lastly, as I draw to a close, let's ask ourselves quite simply, is it worth it holding grudges? Is it worth it? How much time has passed? How long ago was high school? What, what bad thing would happen if I let go of this resentment? What's going to happen to me if I let it go? Is someone going to come back and damage us? 
Does this person even know that I've been carrying this resentment all this time? It's not bothering them, is it? I remember realizing that someone had been in my head drawing me down, drawing my energy and my emotions down, and it wasn't resentment I felt as much as grief, and I thought, this person doesn't know I'm feeling this. They're not thinking about me at all. And I said, then I don't have to really think about this anymore. And I felt a lifting as I got out of the car and came into the church building. Not that the church building has anything to do with what I'm talking about. Turn it over to God and seek to move on with God's help. What makes sense in the end is to see where we may change, make peace if necessary, and within ourselves, after letting go of the resentment, experience the freedom we get when we let the resentment go and we drop it, when we forgive someone and no longer make them live in our head because we're doing it to ourselves. With God as our willing helper, we can. We are forgiven. So let us seek to forgive, including ourselves, and know the sense of liberation into a new place of spiritual growth and mercy and love that awaits us in the new chapter. And that's good news. Amen. Well, here's hoping that you don't resent me after that message. I admit that I am rarely exhausted after preaching, but this message was heavy enough that I was a little bit exhausted after preaching, which is, believe it or not, it can be a physical activity for the preacher, at least. And I'm not walking up and down the aisles, if you're not familiar with, with uh, my ministry at St. Peter's. But just that uh, you, you carry a burden sometimes when you know you're talking about some heavy stuff and you don't know how it's going to be received because I'm aware that there are some resentments that people hold are quite, quite deep and um, you could say justifiable, but I don't know them. Um, but I did want to acknowledge them. If you listen closely, you heard me allude to those without naming anything that was particularly difficult uh, to talk about resent the letting go of your resentments for. I hope that made sense. Um, but I did get positive feedback from some of the church members and that's always uh, appreciated because then I know whether I'm hitting the mark or coming close to it or not. And so um, that was also good for me. Um, to meet the exhaustion that I had afterwards, and which I carried with me into the church council meeting for a little bit, um, which followed after the worship service. So that concludes the little series on dealing with A, B, and C. Uh, next Sunday, October 22nd, I'm going to be preaching on priorities, priorities in life. And uh, I'm looking forward to writing that sermon. And I hope that you will look forward to tuning in and listening to that. Again, thank you for choosing to spend some of your time listening to uh, sermons from the Redheaded Preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois, where we always seek to lift up the light of the good news that we know in Jesus Christ, the love of God incarnate. 
May God bless you, and may God bless your week. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much 